The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Welcome, everybody, back to Beyond. This is episode 493. I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined by my good friends Brian Altano. Hey, baby cakes. Ooh, and Marty Sleva. I don't like what's going on here. Well, I do. He called me baby cakes, and I feel good because of it. See? Thank you for that affirmation, my Anytime. good, kind friend. The Sam and Diane of this podcast. You're on Suck thin it, ice Marty. over there. Oh, How about yeah. some nice, kind words now and then, huh? Anyway, speaking of kind words, uh, friendly reminder, you can watch this on all kinds of different platforms, including the Beyond YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. We're also on IGN.com and its myriad apps, including the PS4, Xbox One, Roku, Apple TV, and also the iOS app, which just got updated. I think the mobile app in general. Go check it out. Mobile app's real good. Yeah, it's awesome. Very pretty. Uh, We've got a great show today. We're going to talk about a bunch of exciting things. Uh, Games came out. That's a thing. Uh, Brian got a chance to play Farpoint with the... VR aim, this thing. Uh, there's a bunch of Ubisoft announcements, including, oh, surprise, they're making another Assassin's Creed, as well as Far Cry 5. Uh, and there is a Witcher TV series in the works from Netflix. A uh, bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about it starting now. Uh, guys, they're making a Witcher Netflix show. Well, yeah. that, all of a sudden, I woke up in the morning, and there was all sorts of news out of Poland that there's the Netflix TV series. Yeah, this is this is um, really really cool. First of all, I'm incredibly excited for the show today because we got a cool, long, bunch of cool stuff to talk about. But this is this is fascinating because last year, if you remember, if you're an IGN watcher listener, uh, we had a story about a possible Legend of Zelda TV show yeah. that turned out to be a hoax through Netflix or it fell apart. It was part of Nintendo's big brand of like reaching all these different uh, yeah, like and, and Universal Studios yeah. and I. And it disappeared, and it got us all thinking, like, what's a live-action Zelda TV show look like? Obviously, everyone's trying to do a Game of Thrones mm-hmm. type sh- show now. There's that uh, uh, terribly named The White Princess show. Oh, yeah, I don't like what's going launched. on there. Um, and people are looking for this sort of thing. I think The Witcher is a, a fantastic fit for this, but we don't know what this is going to look like yet, yeah. right? Now, here's, there's, you call it the, what is it, the, the cone of disappointment? Yes. Uh, where you start off with the best-sounding thing yep. possible, and then you gradually whittle it away down to what it actually <laughs> is. Uh, this isn't quite that. I think it's too, too soon to really say. Um, um, we reached out to CD Projekt Red for kind of comment on what this is going to be. Uh, big surprise, they have nothing to do with it mm-hmm. because this is actually uh, developed between uh, Andrei Sapkowski, who's the writer of the Witcher books, right. who doesn't make a dime off of the off of the games. He, he, he gave the rights to CD Projekt Red thinking that a PC game would never take off, and lo and behold, that becomes like one of the best games ever made. Uh, and he, it's, it all that all takes place kind of with his characters in his world, but it's all very much after the fact. Um, and the games are very much after the fact. Yeah, the games oh. take place f- like far, far after. So they're the books. not. Uh, the books are not about Geralt. No, they are. Okay. But it's uh, they kind of do like a sort of clean sweep by basically giving him amnesia gotcha. uh, before I think the second game. The first yeah. game I think was drawing from some of the books or some of the first like, short stories. Uh, but basically, uh, the books are. I think there's seven books total. I want to say, and there's a handful of short stories. I really like the short stories a lot. Uh, I think much like. And what makes the game good, the side quests frequently turn out to be kind of better than the main quest. Right, right. Uh, and I really hope that the, the the show kind of draws from that, and it's more like sort of short-form Monster of the Week fairy tale stuff. Monster of the Week is a perfect model for a monster hunter. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, yeah. What this show is actually going to be is really curious. We don't know if it's going to be live-action or animated, but it's being developed by the studio that has made all of the really cool uh, CG like cutscene trailers. Mm-hmm. 
um, which are just gorgeous. They've done like those short. There's like that Killing Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so and they said that the the guy who actually directed those is going to direct at least one episode. So these the guys have worked on this franchise before. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, so that's, they also that's made a good, that's a good. It's look. weird because apparently they're fine with Andre Sapkowski and they're fine with CD Projekt Red, but Sapkowski isn't fine with CD Projekt Red. They don't seem like they yeah. really work together a whole lot. Those guys. These, this studio also made the the Cyberpunk trailer that we got to right. see. Yeah, that's right. Um, but they apparently have like a hundred hundred and fifty people at their studio, uh, which I imagine takes a lot of work to. Sort of like Blur, sort of like yeah. who make all those really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's that there's that knee jerk reaction to be like, oh, here's a guy who's directed a three minute, highly polished CG trailer that doesn't have a whole lot of story or plot, mm-hmm. and he wants to direct like a longer form thing. That's a cause of concern. But then you look at like Tim Miller from Blur, who mm-hmm. went on to direct Deadpool after yeah. doing mm-hmm. however many cutscenes. I think you learn to really like budget your time and your budget and resources well when you're when you're coming from like a very kind of. Uh, High proof animation, sure, sure. like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like an. It, I mean, if this is like I say, I mean, not weekly, but like a twenty-two minute, thirty-minute long episode yeah. show. Netflix does this thing where they drop anywhere between seven and thirteen episodes mm-hmm. at once, and it's CG. That sounds incredibly expensive and also um, sort of way above the scope of anything they've done well, on an animated level. Their yeah. original animated shows include stuff like, you know, uh, Voltron is probably their yeah, biggest but, one. Uh, well, they have the Guillermo del Toro one, right? Yeah. Trollhunters, mm-hmm. which is actually, I don't know if you watched that. It's actually really good. Yeah, we haven't yeah. actually seen any, uh, we haven't seen any really, like, super high detail realistic CGI stuff. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. all I can think of is really, like, Kingsglaive and, sure, yeah. and like, Appleseed is, like, you know, yeah. Japan has some, like cool stuff like that but should it be a little concerning that CD Projekt Red has nothing to do with this because I keep seeing the the sort of quiet standoff between you know say Neil Druckmann from Naughty Dog and the guys directing the Uncharted movie Mm -hmm. where they have to continually be like we have no involvement in this we have not seen the script and then the Uncharted movie guys are just like the Uncharted guys love it you know it's like Um, it's kind of gross I would sort of rather just have CD Projekt focus on cyberpunk yeah, Focus on this. Yeah. Don't worry about this show. Maybe the show will be good. Maybe it'll be bad. Yeah. Just worry about what we I know mean, you're good at. What could be really uh, interesting is the fact that you look at you look at The Witcher Three running on like a completely maxed out PC with full gorgeous settings, and like if you made a machinima using that, it would look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch it. Yeah. If you had a team of 150 people go through and like add some, I don't know, lens flares or details or extra birds what or they whatever, do. extra yeah. birds, yeah. just make it look nicer. You know, yeah. like just touch it up, you know, tighten maybe up the like, graphics in level three. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, work on Cyberpunk, but then send like a couple, maybe like two or three people over a month. Yeah. Like, well, what's I mean, going on? I don't, Are I don't you guys know. cool? Yeah. I don't know what like CD Projects like involvement with. I don't know who their writing staff is. I don't know if we're going to get some of them involved in this. Yep. Um, That's a good point. There's also the fact that there's a ton of there's been a ton of like Witcher comics which have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Horse published those. There's one that's like House of Glass, and there's one that's like the Den of Wolves or something. Yeah. And they're uh, they're really fun. You, I'm pretty sure you just named Destiny expansions. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure House of Glass uh, and the Den of Wolves are both the Big Iron Bar. There's the <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses. There was the Destiny Two Father yep. of the Year. Yep. Air Buddies. There's the, the Wizard that came from the Moon. Uh, no, I mean it's it sounds like it. it it sounds like Game of Thrones books or Destiny yeah. expansions. It's, yep. it's yeah. the thing of thing of thing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Fantasy font. I mean, we also don't know. I assume this is going to be Polish. No, it's going to be English language. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, it does really well in Poland. I think regardless. What's funny is there has been a Witcher uh, TV show. It's called The Hexer, and you can see it on YouTube. And it's very, very bad. It is terrible. Yeah. It's like porn where they never have sex. You're yeah. just like. <laughs> Clothes come off, and you're like, <laughs> so wow, he fixed the TV and left. That's okay. weird. So we've had to, to close this out. We've had two Netflix video game adaptations announced this year. Yeah, both of which were sort of like the developers, like, no, that's not us, because we had the Castlevania thing. Yes, let's they're not like, forget about that. Like, we're doing that, and then it's kind of, it's kind of like Igarashi is like, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, um, and who was behind the Castlevania one again? Is the guy? He's got like uh, it's the guy. The yeah. It's the guy who produced uh, Dread. Uh, okay. he, he wears like very hot topic stuff to interviews. Adi, Adi Shankar is yeah. the voice of Sean Finnegan, our producer. Um, <laughs> yeah, Adi Shankar seems like a he seems like a, a, a good producer and that he's a good hype man for whatever he's working on. Isn't he the guy who did like the gritty Power Rangers thing? He did that. He did that gritty Power Rangers right. fan film. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm excited about is that. The gray, the gray, like the the gray, like where you kill wolves. Yes, yeah. you don't kill them. Liam Neeson does. Yeah. Oh, okay, you don't play. Uh, anyway, Liam Neeson in that. We got a three man show, except the <laughs> well, Sean knows more about movies than we do. I, anyway, uh, 
yeah, so he's attached to this, uh, but it's also uh, Frederator Studios, the guys who did Adventure Time. Right. So if we get something that looks like an R-rated Adventure Time with vampires, yeah. I'm down with that. Yeah, so we're done with that too. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Witcher, Witcher Netflix show. I'm cautiously very optimistic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it would be really cool if they if they made something that looked like a CG Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. It was if you if you look at how those um, those kind of short CGI trailers are, they're little stories. They're self contained. There's one where he fights like a a, a Bruxa or whatever in a barn. He just fights a vampire woman, and it's a cool fight scene. There's a little more setup there, and you wind up with like a a 15 minute episode. I mean, the 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 most comforting word in this entire announcement is Netflix. Yeah, like yeah, they, have, they have a great yeah. quality standard. Like they don't really make a lot of bad crap. Yeah, like, they're very few. I think almost what none of their shows have been not renewed. Like there's only there been was that one with the wolf with the arm coming out of the mouth. Oh, with uh, what Famke Jansen? Yeah, from, uh, <laughs> from, from Golden Eyes. <laughs> she killed that dude on that boat with her legs. Yeah, that yeah, was, I can see why they can't. Uh, yeah, no, Zinya. I think that <laughs> you're killing me. I, I think that Witcher is strongest when it's the it's the it leans into its brevity and it's yeah. like it's more like here's Geralt and he's fighting a monster and I would love. Of, like there, five minutes know. of adventure, a ten minute fight scene, and then five minutes of sex, and that's what every you gotta have the sex. But I want I don't know I want the stuff where like obviously in the game you're always you're mostly gonna have to fight a monster. Mm-hmm. I like the ones where he kind of has to like use his wits. Sure. Like there's there's like one short story where he has to fight like a troll by like it, it throws a bunch of rocks at him and dandelion. They have to gotta hide in the bushes and then trick it into like drinking yeah. drinking poison or something. Mm-hmm. It's funny you um, say that, Marty, because five minutes of adventure is what I call sex. <laughs> Anyway, if ten you, minutes of fighting. If you want to get an idea of what the uh, <laughs> what the Witcher Netflix show could be like, pick up the uh, the Last Wish. It's the collection of short stories that's like the first bunch of Witcher adventures, and it's a super fun read. Uh, on that note, uh, we got a cool new look at Far Cry Five. The logo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ubisoft had its big earnings call, and basically it was like, surprise. Here's what's coming out of this year. Yes, um, and we're getting obviously a new Assassin's Creed. There's going to be the Crew Two. South Park, The Fractured But Whole is October 17th. Uh, there is a new AAA IP in the works for 2019. But let's talk about Far Cry 5. Yeah, so I mean, literally, you're right. All we got was the logo. But the logo is it's it's white font, Far Cry 5. It doesn't have a subtitle or anything. But there's red and blue outlines, sort mm-hmm. of, of the letters and the number, which... America? Yeah, I mean, that's what it signifies to me. I mean, it's... I think it's it's... Funny because people are like it's just a logo. What do you? Well, if there were like tiger claw marks across it, and there was like, into it. like yeah. mold in the corner, I'd be like, well, it's probably m- maybe more cavemen or they're tigers yeah. or something. But yeah. the fact that this is so kind of weird and clean leaves me like wondering. Like, it's safe to assume it's it's not going back to dinosaur time. Yeah, yeah. Right. It also doesn't really look futuristic or anything. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it's leaning to the blood dragon side sure, of things. Sure, like blood um, dragons logo. You look at that, and you're like, oh, okay, you're doing something 80s future tech. Yeah, yeah I'm just, just stoked as hell that we're getting Far Cry Five because I don't. Yeah, so I'm, always, I'm always excited to see what that. Yeah. Is. Stupid we had uh, we had rumors that it was going to be like so they said something like they f- thought Far Cry was filming something like a live action thing in Montana and then a bunch of people were like oh it's a western and so it's not Far Cry it's Red Dead Redemption so there was this whole rumor about it being a western and then literally someone on the and it was stupid like I don't know why it got started and then someone on the investor call was like Eve Guimau are you worried that your western will go against Red Dead and he's like it's not a western stop it like why <laughs> why are you asking me this very strange yeah. uh, and then let's see Avatar the the game that's being made by the Division the massive, people has been yeah. Delayed to 2020. Yeah. What do you think will come out first, Avatar the game or Avatar the movie? Neither. (laughs) I mean, I like talking about Avatar, but even I get tired of talking about it. It's like, yeah. Is Avatar? Yeah, we've been filling the air with yeah. what eight years? <laughs> Avatar two out yet? Dot com. No. Yep. Uh, yeah, but uh, Ubisoft says fewer game releases in general, bigger emphasis and focus on games as a service, and giving games a longer post-release lifespan. The Division-style business model. Yeah, it's yeah, totally I'm, worked with the Division and totally worked with Rainbow Six Siege. Those are both games. Uh, yeah, I threw that in there from um, uh, one of their quotes over the week that again reiterates something that they said in, in interviews and in, in, press releases in February, um, which I think also echoes with their business model with stuff like Assassin's Creed, which instead of going annually, maybe we will get to a point where. And this is weird to say, but what if the next Assassin's Creed game is the Assassin's Creed game that you're playing for two years? You know, yeah. like what if there's so they're, they're just like here's a new area, here's a uh-huh. yeah. you know here's it like he's in Egypt right now, but what if he's the next game is an expansion? Yeah, you know, I mean, I would be totally fine if we did the, like Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs just start, you know, 
doing an every other year thing. Like we don't need either of them every year. But if if we do get this Assassin's Creed game this year, and then we get yeah. Watch Dogs next fall, like I'm. I think what's it's fascinating is where that fits into something like Far Cry, which is one of their big four uh, or big. Is it so? Is it's four current IPs with fifth new one, right? We've added pigs. We patched in hundreds and thousands of small so pigs many. running all over the map. Like I mean, all those pigs. Blood Blood Dragon was an attempt at at sort of expanding on the length of Far Cry Three. Yeah. So and then if we look at four, we got like some Himalayan mountain DLC with a Yeti. Uh, yeah. Primal renew really never got anything. Yeah, was released right. for that game. Um, I don't believe. Yeah, there was really nothing. Yeah. There was some like. Like way of the Macedon crap that came in the box. It yeah. wasn't very good. It was like a mini mission mm-hmm. where you played it as a as a Macedon. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing if they say I don't know say specifically like Far Cry Five takes place in one part of America. Uh, if the red, white, and blue is to be believed, and then six months later they're like, "Hey, you're in New Jersey. <laughs> you're yeah, in yeah, California." Yeah. Easy way to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, they said that they expect 55 percent of their fiscal year 2019 sales to be digital. I think that's a huge thing to address. Is that we're at a point where people are. Uh, not only comfortable paying for digital goods, they're used to it. Yeah, like, that's a normal thing. Like it used to be, you know, uh, you know, we we bitch and moan about DLC, but the fact that you can buy a game for sixty bucks, you know, get your sixty bucks worth, and then you know, three months down the line, they're like, hey, for an additional ten bucks, here's more stuff to do. Here's yeah. more. Here's more. Well, here's here's the thing with digital, and I, I've been realizing this a lot more. Um, it's possible to go a hundred percent digital with your games library. It is impossible to go 100% physical. You just cannot because you will miss out on tons and tons of indie games. So even if you say, like, I'm a collector, which is fine, and you're like, I want this big thing in my living room, my shelf of games, I want to look at, like, you know, at the things I've collected and, and I've, I've purchased, like, which I, I totally understand. I mean, I do it with books, right, mm-hmm. um, and, re- and records and stuff like that. But you will never get all of your games on that shelf because yeah. so many games are released digitally. There is digital content released for physical games yeah. exclusively all the time. Um, you look at, like, if you bought Star Wars Battlefront digitally, right, the season pass, or you bought it physically, like, there's no box for the season pass. Yeah, you have to wait. Like, the same thing with, like, Witcher. If you bought Witcher 3 at launch, if you wanted Blood and Wine and, like, yeah. all the DLC, you would have had to wait till the Game of the Year edition years later. Right, yeah. right. So it's weird, and I, it's, like, I totally get it. Like, it, aside from disc rot, like, you are future proofing yourself better with physical than you are with yeah. digital because you're not dealing with I mean we see games all the time um Alan Wake well, so that was the one yeah. I wanted to bring up is like yes we're moving towards a digital future but there's that one caveat that sort of worries me that like hey Alan Wake is no longer purchasable because digitally of because of like and because they couldn't just change the songs because like the endings of each episode of that game are like so intrinsically linked to a David Bowie song which it's, is crazy yeah. like I um I grew up watching a show on MTV it was a sketch comedy show called The State mm-hmm. and it's really funny and just like Beavis and Butthead and Daria, it leaned into licensed music that they had access to, the breadth of the you know mm-hmm. library at, at MTV at the mm-hmm. time. And when they went to re-release those things, they had to either strip out all the music and add just crappy stock music, yeah. which sometimes sketches were specifically written around those music, things. Yeah. So it gets tr- it gets very tricky, right? Like if a moment, if your favorite part in Alan Wake or any other video game is this crescendo that leads up with a licensed song, yeah. and they just throw in some killer tracks, and yeah, it's like, like audio that. jungle. <laughs> like, <laughs> it totally screws yeah. things up. I mean, that's uh, honestly trying to get like archived versions of Beavis and Butthead and to get like the complete series you cannot legally do it yeah it is, you can get like the Mike Judge collection which is a bunch it's like a handful of videos and a, all the all the episodes but yeah. like without those interstitials where it's like they're watching a Dr. Dre video yeah. so where, it's, it sucks where I'm fascinated in this stuff specifically from like a PlayStation perspective is that the last few Ubisoft games have leaned really well into getting exclusive content on PS4 mm-hmm. um, in, in, a, in a very cool way and uh, in fact even exclusive games coming to PS4 I mean, you look at like the Assassin's Creed games that came to Vita, and the stuff VR stuff, yeah, the VR stuff, yeah. So like, there's a partnership there. There's a really cool relationship there, um, and I want to see more of that. Uh, whatever this fifth IP is, I don't know what it is, but it's it's interesting to see. And I'm glad you mentioned VR. Ubisoft was very pretty. They were pretty strong about the launch of mm-hmm. the PlayStation VR, but like every other third party. They've seemed to gone quiet and yeah. vanished. And I mean, Star Trek was the last thing. That, yeah. yeah. So we get Star Trek, which is a fifty dollar game. We got um, Werewolf Flight. Within, Eagle mm-hmm. Flight. Uh, but other than that, it doesn't seem like there's a lot in the pipeline. Yeah. This this leaves possible. I would love Far Cry 
I don't, VR missions. I don't even know if I want that. That sounds very upsetting. Why? It was like that awful petting zoo game that you guys played, but with like Far Cry. Very VR. Very. Where the elephant peed and pooped. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. But yeah. So yeah. On the subject of expensive peripherals and VR and whatnot, and things that have far in the title, you got a chance to play Farpoint, which is the official game that comes bundled with the VR aim. That's right. So uh, Sony launched. New hardware this week, yeah. which is really really cool. This is, um, so this is I love the I love the breakdown here. Uh, it is eighty bucks to get the the VR aim controller with Farpoint. Yeah, it is fifty bucks just for Farpoint. You have to have this to play Farpoint, or can no, you use no. move controllers? So no, so you cannot use move controllers, but you can use a DualShock Four. So say you want Farpoint and you want to play with not the aim controller and you don't want to spend 80 bucks you can use your DualShock okay, 4 right. but honestly and we'll get into this you're, you'd be totally missing the point of this okay. game like i think if you if you're going to spend 50 dollars on a first person shooter to play with your DualShock 4 get Battlefield 1 get Call of Duty right. like there are so many there are so many better games that that are you know just straight up hardcore fps yeah. games yeah. that you know from top to bottom way more to do better multiplayer more robust sort of like mechanics and physics and stuff like that but in terms of actual game that you want to play with your psvr um farpoint is really cool yeah i like um, that but if you do the if you do the math here by this logic this is a 30 dollar peripheral yeah. yeah yeah it's like maybe that doesn't quite add yeah, yeah yeah so when we first heard about the vr aim controller which if you're listening to the show you can't see it but um i hope i hope you've seen pictures hold it of up it. for the camera it doesn't look on. like it doesn't look like a gun that we've seen no. released for video game systems in a very long no. time. I mean, it looks I've like had, the Super Scope Six. A it looks like the Super Scope yeah. or the Menacer, which, if you remember from the 16-bit oh, era, yeah. were big things. Yeah. It, um, it's 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 very funny. I think that Sony intentionally made it look as ungunny as possible. Yeah. yeah. Because there is a stigma around. We'll even guns. put a cool clown nose at the end. Yeah. There was yeah. that. Uh, there was the move controller that looked like an, an M4. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. that's a bad idea. It's a bit on the yeah. nose. So a big part of this now, having gotten hands-on with it, is that uh, I think it's helpful that it's shaped the way it's shaped because. You're blind in your VR headset. Yeah, you can't see. So you reach in, you reach around your 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 couch, and you pick it up and you grab it, and you're like, "What is going on here?" Tell him to stop. You know? Where does Max, it come on? <laughs> You've been doing shows for eight years, some, and that's the most badly ever. Let's, let's, get, let's it get to it. It will not fit over your head, so don't worry <laughs> no, about getting it your won't. head stuck in there. Um, but no, so your pets might. Grabbing this thing in the dark is a lot easier than it would be to grab like two move controllers or sure. something like that. Mm-hmm. All these cables or like the the move in the the weird nunchuck pickle thing mm-hmm. that we used to have. Um, this is not a shell for your move controller. You can't just pop your pre-existing move controller. This, this. is a single piece. This is a new thing with the clown nose on the end of it. It's got dual analog. It's got four face buttons that you see in the front. Now, uh, I did some testing with this thing. I tried to play the Disney Afternoon Collection with it. It does not work. Yeah. So such a bummer. It is a bummer. I'm actually kind of bummed out about it because you can use this controller to navigate all your menus on PS4. The analog stick and the X buttons and everything like that works like it normally would. The cross button works like it normally would with any other controller. But when you pop into any other game, it doesn't work. That's um, so stupid. Because there's like there's like that dude who plays Dark Souls with every possible Yeah, control. with like Rock Band drums. No. There's just some guy in some room somewhere where they were like, hey, should we make this work with everything he goes no no yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's very odd to me so that being said uh this game will or this controller supports five games currently and that is uh farpoint uh dick wild which we are going to be playing next week it's like a redneck um yeah. gun fishing <laughs> uh vr game which yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna take this home and, and we yep. can you know, talk about this uh, brookhaven experiment which was a launch game but is getting a patch on june 6th uh arizona sunshine which is a zombie it's game zombie that you and I yeah were playing, right? that's actually out for uh that's already out for oculus and yeah. vive i think and it's just it's a zombie show. Um, ROM Extraction, which is a game I don't look, know much about, know, but it you could cool. do that on PlayStation. Yeah, it's illegal. Uh, and we did some digging around the PlayStation Store. This is an IGN exclusive. I don't know if anyone else is breaking the story. I found a game called Bela Latina, <laughs> a Bela Latino, which is a Latino dancing simulator, which was originally on Steam and the Wii U for twenty dollars. Uh, and if you go into the menu of it, it says that the VR aim controller is required. So if you love what? Latina dancing and you have a your VR aim controller and you don't know what else to play now's the time I feel like for I've that. seen several films about Latina dancing and none of them use a giant controller. Really? That's odd. I guess you should watch more. Alright, um, so you approve of the controller. Yeah. So what's the game? So let's talk about Farpoint. Um, Farpoint is uh, a first person 
shooting game about landing on sort of an undisclosed planet and fighting aliens uh, and trying to survive. It's spiders on Mars, basically. Yeah. So in the background of that is a really cool story between a couple of other characters that are on your ship with you that crash land on this planet. And going around this planet, you kind of realize that other ships have crashed on this planet, which I think is a great narrative excuse to sort of be like, that's why there's a grenade launcher here. Because otherwise you wouldn't just fire those things. Um, Campaign's about four to six hours, uh, four to six, not 46. And most of the enemies are sort of arachnid-themed, mm-hmm. uh, which if you're afraid of spiders, which I know... I people, know a couple people last year at E3 were like, I can't... I yeah, Alana Pierce, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey yeah. specifically, um, yeah. just do not like spiders. I'm and a I, little bit wary going in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so some, some weird housekeeping when you start this game... Uh, you're kind of thrown into a tutorial, and it's pretty basic in the way you aim and shoot. And I will say right off the bat, like, aiming and shooting with this controller feels really good. That's awesome. Like, better than um, Light Gun did, uh, Light Gun stuff did on Wii, better than um, Light Gun stuff feels in arcades, better than the Move controller does for a lot of the VR aiming stuff. Um, whereas this doesn't look like a gun when you're holding it. When you're holding it in the game, it does. Yeah. And it mimics that very well. So when you're holding a Move controller in a game, and you turn your hand and it, it shows you holding a gun in the game it kind of throws you off because you're like i don't hold a gun like that but when you're holding this the vr aim controller and playing farpoint the way it mimics that movement is 100 percent spot on like it looks really really good they had a, a thing at e3 last year actually that was really cool they had this on display in a glass case and one of the walls of the glass case was a transparent monitor mm-hmm. it had the gun from farpoint overlaid on top oh that's of it. cool mm-hmm. And it was incredibly trippy. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that the game does a really good job of that, yeah. right? Like, it's really cool. So I noticed... Um some minor issues, like I like I like I do with most VR stuff, and it, it's this varies home to home, right? Um, but you calibrate the gun in the beginning of the game by there's this circle mm-hmm. with a bunch of different like sort of hexagons in it, and you take your controller and you move in the circle, and that's that creates your bounding box. I noticed that going under certain points or over certain points would kind of lose that a little yeah. bit, which tends to happen when things get a little bit frantic. But obviously, you know your your situation may vary. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's odd about this game is that in the tutorial, they teach you how to aim. They teach you how to, how to, you know, when your gun overheats and just basically how to kind of hide behind cover here and there. They don't teach you how to, like, strafe. Oh, so you're moving forward with the front joystick on this thing. And your back joystick is just not used at all. And then the actual clown nose is used for your aiming within your bounding box. But to actually, like, strafe left and right... You can physically turn to a certain degree, but since the move isn't like the Vive or, you know, it doesn't account Mm -hmm. for everything behind you, you'll start blocking out. So there are certain points where very early on in the game, like the first half hour, spiders would pop up on these mountains over on my right shoulder or left shoulder. And I would like physically turn my whole body and get a stiff neck. And I was like, when are they going to teach me like how to turn? So I went into the settings, and you have to actually physically turn that on, which is very odd. So from there, you get a couple of different options. If you played PSVR stuff, you're used to them. Uh, one of them is clicking, which is very similar to Robinson the Journey, where you can sort of just like point, teleport, teleport to different areas. Yeah, I put on just actual physical moving because I'm like, let me try to play this like a dual analog, you know, first-person shooter with basically the move controller asking, acting as sort of your third analog, okay. which yeah. is kind of interesting, right? Um so you've got like kind of the head movement and you've got your body movement yeah. and then strafing. So I turned that on uh, and immediately got pretty comfortable with it, started fighting a bunch of enemies. Now, the enemies kind of account for the fact that it's impossible to shoot behind you. So you'll go to shoot at a spider and he'll like jump at you. But if you move out of the way, he'll run like 50 feet behind you and then run back ahead in front of you. So all the enemies are constantly like scurrying underneath your feet and right back in front of you. So it's sort of think of that like a, a, a light gun game like on rails where the enemies are the, are the ones on the rails and the setting isn't. So enemies are constantly accounting for the sort of setbacks of the VR controller and the That's VR system to be like, we're in front of you again now. Yeah, you can like, kill us. like Galaga. Like they'll come yeah. down and they'll loop back. And they loop back around. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah. Gr- that's a huh. great point. So, um, yeah, so so it's it's really cool. I, I noticed a little bit of nausea when I got into this big like sort of canyon setting where I had to fight um, just enemies wave after wave in this pit for 10 minutes because they started popping behind me. I started like running around, turning quickly. Uh, that's when it started to lose me a little bit but obviously you know depending on your vrc legs play with that the comfort levels are really cool Mm -hmm. like there's it's very very deep um also played it on the pro looks looks great there um i got a question uh so could you 
conceivably play it sitting down if you're just using the. I've been playing things. entirely sitting. Really? Down. Oh, okay, okay. That's, that's yeah. nice to hear because yeah. I'm like that. My big fear is like, just just tripping on my coffee table and just going stepping on peppers, just falling backwards mm-hmm. with a five hundred dollar hat on. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a it's a lot, right? You've got that big cable in front of you. You've got your headphones jacked into that cable. You've got this thing with uh, the VR aim controller, which doesn't even come with its own charging cable. But you're going to need one of those from your Dual DualShocks Four to plug in. So. I mean, it charges regularly. Like it a charges controller. regularly. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just I'm funny. Just immediately getting where do you put it? I guess I'm reassured that uh, Farpoint does support like dual analog stuff. Yeah, uh, this totally does feel like a super scope, and mm-hmm. it's like a thing a rich kid would have. Yeah, and you're like, I I sort of want one, but I mean, I'm also good. I don't, like, yeah, they is, need. Uh, I mean, because Sony's done a good job. This has been like this was a big part of their booth last year at E3. Yeah, really. uh, it was a huge banner in LA, and like they've. Uh, they brought this out of PSX, and so like this has sort of been their marquee VR only game. Yeah, um, since a year ago, and so I'm really curious to see if at this year's E3 they show what the next wave of new things are that are going to use this, and like if they're going to do some sort of a mini game collection. Like I think it'd be cool with some of their shooty franchises if there was like a small kill zone thing, yeah. like not not kill zone five or whatever, but like a kill zone thing with this or an well, uncharted thing with. Yeah, this. and I mean I, I totally agree with that, and I'd love to see sort of retroactively a bunch of the games that I enjoyed playing since the launch of PSVR uh, to get patched with this thing. Like yeah. even something like Until Dawn would be cool with this. Yeah, you know? even oh, though dude, this would be perfect for Russia Blood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a dual that's a dual gun game, but. I mean, maybe get two of them. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a, if you're a PlayStation fan, I think that this is such just an interesting oddity that mm-hmm. um, we don't know how well it's going to pan out in the sort of lifespan of the PS4 and the PSVR. But like down the line, we're going to be looking at this thing as like this is an official first party yeah. PlayStation controller. It's- it's just really interesting to me that it's a peripheral for a peripheral. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it's getting very deep down the rabbit yeah. hole there. Um, and it's uh, Farpoint also has multiplayer, which I didn't get to try out, but uh, I hope to soon. I, it's, it seems so odd to me that they're leaning into multiplayer for VR, like mm-hmm. between this and Starblood Arena. It just seems almost like an odd fit. I don't know. No, I, I'm... I'm I'm not saying weirdly it's not, reassured yeah. by it because like one of my fears of VR was that we're entering this Wally future where everyone puts on their hats and no one we sees are. their family anymore. Yeah, yeah. you got tablets. You just sit in that beanbag chair and you play those. I don't, puzzle, have, a bean, puzzle I don't have a beanbag chair. Yeah, one yeah, and I, also like just lastly, I mean, I did I did an Oculus demo the other day that um, after 25 minutes I walked out and my head was red and yeah. I had lines on my face and like it's like I played Farpoint for like two hours in mm-hmm. one sitting and got out of it and was just like felt fine. Dude, and, I love yeah, I love the like, PSVR. It's so it's so comfortable. Yeah, I just really, yeah. really love that headset. Yeah, that's. I mean, the, I think what, the fact that it's it's like it's like latex or whatever, yeah. or like whatever that rubber stuff is, that it's not like just foam pushed yeah. up against you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what it lacks, you know, objectively in power. Yeah, uh, it I think more than makes up for in comfort. Like I did that same Oculus demo and I was just smashing my glasses against my face. Yeah, like, yep. and I mean, the, not fun. The the touch controllers in Oculus are phenomenal. Oh, like, sure. Yeah, and the Vive is obviously yeah horrible. complete yeah. game changers when it comes to actual like game design and interaction. But um, I don't know. I like that they're leaning into the setbacks that this thing has and they're making stuff that's cool and works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Farpoint's out now. We'll see how well this whole thing pans out. Um, if you can get, if you can try a demo of it, maybe at a GameStop or something. Tell the guy in the back to set one up for you. I don't know how that works. Not, it's going to be a hey, Rudy. Uh, just go open up some boxes and. <laughs> I, I feel like the show, go, go talk to Rudy. He'll he'll, he'll set you up. The show is hosted by three people who have not been in a GameStop in a while. No, we went in the GameStop last week in Florida because we wanted to say hi to a Beyond fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he didn't work at that one, but we met another guy who liked IGN. So yeah, I think funny. he was at lunch or something. Yeah. No, he worked at a different one. You were just like. There's like there's GameStops everywhere. You, you're it like ah, the nearest GameStop. Florida's GameStop. Are you Town looking for us? It was really weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So one game that came out this week is Injustice Two. People love it. People are crazy about it. Um, I'm dying to get my hands on it. I played, yeah. I played the first one. I adored it. I played it mostly just for the single player, which was a fantastic campaign. Yeah. And it seems like this one is just as weird and just as dumb. It all revolves around Brainiac. Yeah. He's a smart man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've those guys are insane with how good they're getting it just doubling down on what works and kind of moving away from what doesn't uh there was that weird period where netherrealm was like they're like uh mortal Kombat seven mythologies like, ah. yeah yeah it wasn't until what what is it mk9 i think yeah. it was the one that came out the same day as portal 2 yep it's, it's very was when like everything portal, turned yeah, around portal Kombat yeah. Day. it's yeah. very it's very fascinating that um the like a lot of hardcore DC fans don't like the Marvel movies because they're goofy and colorful and lighthearted, and they want they want more of the sort of 
dark, grim stories that are happening in the DCU, you know, universe. Um, I almost said DCUO. Shout out to Greg Miller for like 200 hours in that. <laughs> Don't um, understand it. Uh, but the games work best. And it like arguably Lego Batman works best when it it does sort of celebrate how goofy they are. Like I really love the fact Max yeah. and I played a match of Injustice yesterday, and I was playing as Poison Ivy, and uh, like I created this like Yoshi dinosaur <laughs> out of plants that popped out of the ground, to be like a Venus flytrap. But they were like, eh, screw it, make it a dinosaur. And they gave it legs, and it started yeah. biting like Swamp Thing's nuts. And yeah. then Max I, hit me with an alligator. Yeah. You're just fighting in this nasty bayou. Uh, it's like, yeah, comics are yeah. goofy and, and yeah. colorful. I mean, like maybe lean into that. You know, I, I think I actually I reviewed the the first one for for rev three games and i just was like this is this is a really good game this yeah. is really fun uh and i was like i was super like kind of nervous going in because i'm not like a hardcore fighting game fan but that game did a really good job of being like hey here's a game that can be fun if you're a casual oh, totally. but it's also right. got the it's got like the it you know has like the like the hit boxes and frames and stuff yeah. and just exact like you know damage counters all this stuff that they like they totally listen to both i think fighting game community people and and just casual gamers. Who, no, totally. It's like appeals to us, and I'm terrible at fighting games, and also to yeah. like Destin, who's like our fighting game expert here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to playing more of that. Unfortunately, we've uh, Destin's hog dollar copy. So uh, uh, they mentioned they have like the first batch of DLC, which is like Sub Zero, and then two superheroes. I don't know who they are. Uh, do you think there's any chance in future DLC we'll get Watchmen characters? Now that Watchmen and like uh, Justice League play I, well together, and sort of so cool. Yeah. I sort of hate the idea of that. I don't know. <laughs> You don't want to be at like Doctor Manhattan. Is that blue dick just swinging around? Yeah. All right. I yeah, guess. I just super could take a man to Mars and just leave him there. Like, right, I'm going back to Mars now. Or I'm going to have sex with your I wife. I mean, dude, that feels very Ed Boon, right? Or like seven of me are going to have sex with your wife at the same time. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I just yeah. love when they when they dig into just. I, I do like their their kind of Elseworlds reinterpretation of stuff. Like, and that's what's great is that there's that part of me that's like. Superman would never be a bad guy, except for all these stories where he's a bad guy. But they were like, hey, "Here's a here, they just like DC was like, hey, let's just rip some fabric of space yeah. and time." Ed Boon go nuts. Yeah, the Flash can now punch someone into space. Aquaman <laughs> can summon tidal waves full yeah. of sea animals into the into outer space stations. Yeah, and it, it's just nonsense. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, it's got like time travel fatalities in this. It's I I love what they're doing, and yeah. uh, also it is stunning looking it is i keep walking by barrett who's one of our gameplay capture yeah. guys his desk and it's like that game is so stupidly good looking it also does the backgrounds are really nice yeah talker did a great piece about um how the facial animations are, are like incredibly some of the best in games, games. Yeah. yeah which is so weird because it's like that's not what you'd expect right like that's we it. see we play games that like you look at mass effect andromeda recently they got a lot of flack for having just completely sort of disproportionate facial animations and just like weird puppet people which is weird because that's a game by bioware yeah which which just means like oh it's like a living living software and yeah. it's all about human stories and, and it's about human characters I mean, you have to assume they mocapped real people yeah. and then they're like well look at the gorilla's mouth and in injustice it's the best looking gorilla yeah. ever and made it's, it's made by great. called nether realm that yeah. arguably sounds like an uncanny valley like yeah just yeah i don't know if they did mocap for this like i know like they have some famous actors like i know scott porter i think voices robin well the, the cool thing too is like if you look at ed boone and his history with the mortal kombat franchise like Going back, Mortal Kombat originally with those digitized human characters was, was the most realistic yeah. shit we saw yeah. ever back then. Because it was weird back We just didn't know, you know. And when you're a kid, you don't know what an adult looks like anyway. You, you just think it's a man in a leotard that takes off his head and blows fire. Yeah. <laughs> you lost Teenagers it. are scary. Yes. Um, so it's cool to see that sort of like evolution, right? Like it's like yeah. this. He, he started making human characters yeah. as, as funny as those are to look back on uh, in the 16-bit era. And now he's doing it better than ever. Yeah, so, whereas right. like uh, Yoshinori Ono was like, I'm going to make this weird little, little uh, green man who yeah. turns electric on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, part Part of me is I, I love uh, you know I love like animation I love that Street Fighter is so cartoony and it's yeah. like it's got its own style yeah. and its own aesthetic and this is so strange because it's they've got their own they've got their own style going on but they're also like no but it's realistic and you're like I, I mean those are very realistic hyenas that that clown yeah. woman is yeah. hanging out with <laughs> she can like change all sorts of leather pants yeah. it's just it's it lives in a very strange place like stylistically and I really I do like it yeah. I hope that they get like. I kind of want, I kind of want just like a hyper realistic Adam West. Mm -hmm. Like I want that like chubby, like chubby Batman sixties oh, body. He's so that good, amazing. Just like flying all over the screen. And they've kind of done that with uh, with the Arkham games. That was yeah. my favorite thing. Was playing that game with the Adam West skin. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Like I want them to do like a pack of just like okay, here's like uh, Cesar Romero's Joker. And, yeah, yeah. Like give me like the crappy like uh, the the Adrian Barbeau swamp thing yeah. where he's just like. 
Eartha Kitt's yeah. uh, Catwoman. That would be, be really awesome. cool. Yeah. And uh, we're also like weird old dudes who like want that. And people yeah. are like, give us more carbon fiber. Why is Eartha Kitt not yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, another thing, completely other direction, but weirdly enough, same publisher, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 got announced as well. I think it's so awesome. I actually was, I was watching the trailer for this and the, the ad that ran before it was for Injustice 2. And I was like, if you went back in time to like me in second grade and you're like, here's what video games look like in the future. I would be like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lego Marvel Super Heroes, the first one, was one of my favorite games in recent memory, and I honestly am surprised we're getting a sequel. Yeah, have we gotten a full trailer yet, or just these weird... No, the we full trailer's dropping or, soon. It drops... Uh, Maybe already by the time you're listening okay. to this. It drops a week from yesterday. Because they dropped a new teaser this morning. Right. Uh, uh, did you see it? With the, with the Groot? The baby Groot? Yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That was yesterday. Um, one of the most unsettling Lego yeah. minifigs I've ever seen. <laughs> Hands down. It looks like a like a gingerbread turd baby. Right. So this is this is just such a, a chimera of weird legalities. Um, first of all, this is this is WB Games is publishing this. Uh, it makes total sense for them to publish DC games because Warner Brothers has owned DC since the eighties. That's fine. They they've got that all covered. It's all buttoned up. Uh, in this case, uh, Disney owns the rights to Marvel movies. Lego and Marvel have been working together since before Disney bought it, but they've also worked with Disney and WB Games has also made WB owned properties. Yeah. And I'm just being like, where, when does this when does this disintegrate? When yeah. does this fall apart? Um, the first Lego Marvel, the Marvel Heroes, came out and it had um, it had like a handful of sort of movie designs in it. It had like the Avengers stuff and there was yeah. Avengers theme and it was there was some there was some kind of nods to the movie stuff, but they weren't leaning super hard to the MCU. Yeah, I remember like there was a Spider Man level yeah. with like Sandman taking yeah. New York. Yeah. yeah, but it was clear that that was like, oh, that's based on the Lego sets. Uh and then they had the X Men in there, which was awesome. That was my favorite yep. thing. And they weren't trying to make them look like the movie X Men, which was cool. Uh this one, the setup here is you're gonna be fighting uh Kang, I think. Yes. Is that his name? I, I was so. I always yeah. get mixed up with Kodo and yeah. You know. yeah. Uh anyway. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but yeah, basically he he rips open a bunch of fabric of space and time, much like Injustice, and that's a good loophole to get away with silly video game stuff. But we see um, in the teaser image they put out, we see MCU Doctor Strange, we see Baby Groot from yeah. Guardians Two, but then there's also Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and there's like Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen, and then there's movie like you know comics version of you know Yellow Blue Wolverine. Uh, so this is a pretty good excuse to have like just all kinds of nonsense happening yeah. for no reason. Does that mean um, we'll get X Men in this game? I mean, they've already got Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Somebody was telling me that, like, the way the whole Marvel rights and things works is that they still call the shots on what goes into games, I think. But when it's based on MCU stuff, then Disney has a say. Yeah. Right, because you but couldn't – because there's no Wolverine in Marvel vs. Capcom. Well, yet. Yet. So we don't know. I, I would right. bet money. I don't know. It's yeah. going to be weird. But I mean, um, We haven't seen any, any X-Men characters in that no. game yet. Yeah. Which people were banking on because they love them in the we'll past. Because yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be really weird if we see X Men characters pop up in a Lego Marvel video game, but not Marvel vs. Capcom. Like I don't know so how that it works. Gets, it's I mean, so that's gross, what I'm about, but it gets so it gets so confusing and weird. But within this game itself, I'm excited because like that means that if we've got Spider Man 2099 flying around, it means we're also probably going to get like Miles Morales. We're probably going to get like if we get some Age of Apocalypse stuff. Yeah. If we get like other 2099 characters, yeah. And yeah. Just, just there's so many odd like kind of weird divergent like the ultimate timeline there's just well, especially like between uh lego marvel superheroes one and then lego marvel avengers Which you've was, already used all the normal characters right, yep, so get yeah. weird yeah i love the 2099 stuff i hope there's unlockable like hologram cover skins where I, yeah i hope we get i hope we get like the full like 90s x-force but in yep. lego form that's what i kept hoping for because i would unlock like uh archangel in the first one and i was like uh this was like my first toy biz action figure and max like, you and i were talking about this yesterday i mean i i adore the lego games i generally 100% them when I really like the mm. franchise they're based on. I don't really care about Lord of the Rings or Pirates of the Caribbean, so I skip those. But um, stuff like, I mean, even Jurassic Park I 100%ed. Yeah. But Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones are weird because once you get 10 characters in, you, you're unlocking, like, Gun mm-hmm. Joey and, like, yeah. Knife Bill, yeah. you know? Or in Jurassic Park, it's just like, uh, the the DNA oh, it's helper. It's Newman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Newman's uh, great. I yeah. mean, I love that because you could unlock a voice for voice yeah. pack where well, he just f- said ah ah ah. The first, it's uh, <laughs> great. The first uh, Lego Marvel superheroes, it had it got really it got deep. It got weird. Uh, I mean, it had it, it was funny because it would have the characters that were like like it would have the villains from like Guardians of the Galaxy. But they would be the comic book versions reinterpreted as Lego characters. Yeah. Because that was and, before the movie was out, right? Yeah. And it was even stuff that like I don't even recognize it. And they'd show me like they'd be like, Oh, it's a mortis, and I'd be like, 
what? <laughs> you know, like, and I've been looking at these, you know, stupid action figures and trading cards my whole life, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's still like weird deep cut Silver Age characters that I'm like, ah, yeah. ah. it's ah, oh, it's Namorita. I'm like, what? Is that a sandwich? What are you doing? But I mean, in this is this case, I I hope they just go completely just off the rails. And I mean, the first one had I think like 130 characters or something. Mm-hmm. It had something stupid. Uh, and I mean, I was like unlocking Squirrel Girl before she was a household name, and I was like, "All right, Squirrel yeah. Girl," who was like weirdly overpowered. What, what do you mean, Squirrel Girl is a household name? Whose household? Uh, mine. We talk about Squirrel Girl all the time. Yeah, you Squirrel Girl's like house that would talk be about an Squirrel ABC Girl family or? series coming soon. What? It is. Oh, um, like freeform now. Anyway, speaking of animal people, <laughs> there's a segue for you. Uh, Parappa the Rapper's creator has launched a Kickstarter for a rhythm adventure game, which is called <clears throat> Project Rap <laughs> Rap Rabbit. <laughs> Project Rap Rabbit. Yeah. Is this it part of the like Reader Rabbit, Math Rabbit, Cinematic Universe? I don't think so. No, but I really, <laughs> really hope it's the edutainment it, game all universe. I've, all I've wanted is the movie Eight Mile starring Eminem, the Marshall Mathers, yep. to be remade with animals. And it, I want it to be Parappa, but if this is, <laughs> his name's Rabbit in that movie. Yeah. It works perfectly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you make love to like a, a flower woman in a, in a refinery or whatever he does. To, yeah, and so it's, it's, the, Murphy. it's the creators of uh, Parappa and Guitar Man, and they're making this game. They launched a Kickstarter or launched the Kickstarter for a lot of money. It's a uh, lot of money. It's yeah, a million dollars. It's over a million, million, million dollars. Yeah. It's not a lot of money when you're thinking about making a video game. Yeah, no, I completely agree that yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. But I'm like, I don't. Is the nostalgia there for Parappa? Right. Yeah. So I'm just so sick of this because like. We're at this point where you could make like a really just a really janky like like D list bootleg Super Smash Brothers that's like Mighty Number no. Nine and Ukulele and Rap Rabbit. Yeah, it's yeah. Like these none of these are the beloved characters that their creators. Yeah. I mean, like a Super Kickstarter Brothers game. Yeah, yeah. stuff like really funny. the guy from Bloodstained. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, it's uh, it's Sammy from Silicon Knights and his new game no. Eternal Darkness that never got funded. <laughs> The yeah. ghosts of Kickstarter. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is one of those things that's going to make like it's going to make some of the money or a bunch of it, and some investors like ah, eh, close enough, and we'll pay yep, for the rest yep. or whatever. I hope so. This sounds cool. Uh, I hope they definitely uh, you know update the mechanics because that's one game that going back to yep. it is not a fun game. Uh, it was also interesting. Uh, obviously, it's a Nintendo thing, but like their highest goal was like four and a half million was we're bringing it to Switch. Yeah, and I was like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And then they moved that goal like way down. Like, so oh, no, now no. it's at one point five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, like like Max said, not a lot of money to make a video game. Video games are incredibly expensive. Yeah. It is a lot of money when you consider that maybe that fan base is not as insanely passionate as they once were. And I want to one. I kind of wonder like if the new HD port of Parappa helped or hurt things because I think. Yeah. We had very fond memories of that game. We replayed it, and we were kind of like... Back then, Ooh. there were only, like, 250 games. Yeah. Period. <laughs> and there were only, like, two rhythm games. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those were Madden games. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we didn't have a lot to play. So we played the dog rap game. Yeah. Personally, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see uh, Reader Rabbit and Math Rabbit doing something new with the rap, rap skills. Look, yeah. Oh, look at that rap rabbit over there. He's, he's, cool on, rabbit. he's on independent study. It was smoke, <laughs> smoke cigarettes behind the bleachers. At so was Project Rap Rabbit like a rap rabbit from the projects, like Project Pat? I think you could make that argument. <laughs> no, there's a big, there's a large frog in the in the art that he put up. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just weird. I don't know, like, I, how how like precious is Sony about that property? They're not actually making games with. Yeah. What? Why don't they just do like, hey, it's Parappa Mobile, and it's like a weird little theater them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what will this will end up being yeah. actually? In other words, uh, speaking of games that actually came out, uh, more games that came out this week. We got a chance to play The Surge, yep. which is that um, kind of diesel punk Bloodborne like. It's basically yeah. it looks. It's actually funny. You start out not funny, but it's you start out and you're in a wheelchair like the dude at the beginning of Avatar, and then you get like this power exoskeleton like the dude in Elysium, which is pretty cool. Sent right? to space, and you got to fight bad robot men like yeah. Chappie. <laughs> Chappy. To bring up more movies. Yeah. Love. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um you actually don't I there aren't many games outside of Killer Seven. Yeah. Or, uh where you maybe playing as somebody in a wheelchair. Where you play as someone in a wheelchair. I mean, maybe Professor X and some you know in Lego Marvel Heroes, yeah. if that's yeah. who you choose. But uh yeah, it's it's a it's a really interesting setting. Um I feel like if this game had come out right before Neo, I think I would have been a lot more into it. I think that like Personally, I lean. I, I kind of like lean towards the 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 kind of feudal Japan setting of Neo better than than this. This feels very 
um, like Bloodborne Fallout, kind of like as you alluded to. Yeah, um, the one it's I think got the one, that like everything feels junky, right? Yeah. Like everything is scrapped together. Which well, you're is on you're cool. on like a different planet that's been sort of colonized, but like there's a, I don't know, there's like a virus or something, and yeah. all the all the dudes who have exoskeletons like yours are dead, but the exoskeletons are trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, mechanically, I mean, you've played a lot more of these like Souls likes and Born likes than I have. Yeah. Um, but my take was that it's pretty much the same basic mechanics except you get finishing moves and yeah. you can focus on body parts kind of like vats and fallout it's kind of cool yeah um, or um again eternal darkness second reference to that game and, yeah, why what are you doing you can target body, body more, parts if you game. say it one more time it's gonna ha- it's Dennis gonna die slip you a 20 or something <laughs> i'd have to slip me a lot more than that to make that game uh, i didn't like that game while we're here i really like eternal darkness really yeah i thought it was spooky anyway, you have pretty crappy taste in video games very good what does this have to do games? with the the surge the game that came out in 2017 <laughs> it's, it's very similar in 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 targeting body parts and stuff like that uh i think that it's doing a lot of really cool stuff um if you're sort of itching for one of these games it's this is good because we you know we probably won't hear about bloodborne 2 hopefully at e3 um but if you're looking for something to play right now and you crush through neo and you know you want something else you're waiting for the what, yeah. no, what's it called? not project vamp but the the one that namco just revealed it's like yeah. the anime sort of vampire Souls yep. game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, interesting thing about this one is at the beginning of the game, it gives you an opportunity to choose between uh, effectively two classes, yeah. which is a light and heavy. Right. And they really celebrate like the abilities of, of those two things. And I don't think there's a ton of wiggle room to sort of like change back later. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of these other games kind of have you pick your weapon and yeah. that defines your play style uh this is more of a f- kind of a, you have this very different imposing physicality that's interesting because yeah. in dark souls like you choose a class but it's like well an hour into the game it doesn't matter you've yeah already, you've I mean, already statted out i don't know how much how much you can kind of tweak it with with modifications there's yeah. obviously a huge emphasis on modifications there's you you do the thing where it's, you're kind of like getting getting souls where you go back to your, your med bay or whatever and you yeah. trade in your points and it basically levels you up but then you also get uh you get parts and you can like upgrade your implants and you get different gear and everything what's interesting though with the with the uh, how you attack these other sort of robot men uh if you if you target a body part that's weakened you're going to take this dude down faster but if you target a body part that's still perfectly good you're i think more likely to remove it like to decapitate it and then then you steal that part because you can be like i got the rhino legs because i fought the man with the Mm -hmm. rhino legs and then you go and And we were saying like you know it's it's a very busy to look at game um think sort of like modern warfare 2 where they just made everything everywhere you look there's just stuff yeah you're in a you're in like an exploded factory full of like yeah. spaceship parts um but that said it's incredibly colorful um it, it way way more so than um pretty much any of the souls games mm-hmm. um and this game could be muddy as hell and it's not i mean it's it's yeah. kind of cool that it is such a it has a very distinct look yeah there's a lot of blues and greens that really kind of pop out that i really like um i, I think that like think like that when the weather got the best when you're playing fallout 4 and it was just like oh it's kind of a nice day like yeah. the sun would come up for a second and a mud man came up and, and then it would just get gross and poopy again <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, this game is sort of consistently very pretty to look at across the board. Um, on PS4 Pro, you have two option settings that are uh, either, I'm trying to get this right, uh, performance or um, or graphics, basically. Yeah. Right? So one is is how, the, like 60 frames per second, sure. uh, which takes a hit, I believe, in the resolution, yeah. uh, versus how great you want it to look, sure. and if you don't mind, a couple of frame rate dips here and there. Yeah. So I, cool. I chose the latter, and it's really, really good to look at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, mess with that, play around um, with that. Yeah, IGN gave that a 7.9, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Right. good review. It's, yeah. it's scoring okay. Um, Mario Kart Double Dash review score. Ooh. Yeah, take that, Fran. <laughs> Uh, another game I got a chance to play is this Never let go of that one. <laughs> cutesy little kind of artsy fartsy indie platformer game called Seasons After Fall. Um, it is you play. Wasn't it Seasons After? Is it Seasons After Fall or Winter? After Fall. Okay, it says Winter in here. It's, yeah, I wrote it wrong. It's I, weird I got because my it's, seasons mixed up. It's just the other seasons. Whatever it is, after, after the fall, yeah. the game could just be called Winter. Yeah. Um, you play as this fox that's like possessed by like a forest spirit. It's very. Uh, it's very Ori-like aesthetically. Yeah. It's kind of digitally painted. Nice, Ori never came um, to PS4, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you if you want to play a game that's you know pretty, uh, maybe check this one out. Uh, what's interesting is it's basically a it's basically a Metroidvania, but there's no combat or death, uh, and everything's kind of puzzle based. It's a little bit a little bit floaty in the platforming department, yeah. and the some of the puzzles have you having you backtrack. You don't really have a map. There's no HUD, which yeah. keeps it looking pretty. But it's also like a little disoriented. Usually, you're just like, okay, what? Like, I know what I have to do. Where am I going to do it? Yeah, it's um, it's minimalist almost to a fault. Um, in that you can't actually 
see where where you're supposed to be at any given moment yeah. but the game does a pretty good job of giving you visual cues of, of where to actually go um i like this game a lot i think one of the things that um annoyed me about it a little bit is there's this narrator that sounds kind of like lemmy winks from south park yeah he's like, ah, mr fox you've got to go over that butthole <laughs> over that <laughs> i don't know who's who does that but like I, don't know, I get the sense that this was actually as you go through you you like go to these little flower patches and if you unlock enough of them it'll start showing you concept art yeah and it's interesting because I think this feels very much like a game that was developed by students and they kept developing developing it after school interesting. Like they they're like let's let's ship it and they uh, you know obviously it's it's not it's not bad by any means but there's parts in there where you're like you wanted to keep this part this is odd you yeah. know it, like there's some, something that was just darling to them that they don't want to throw out yeah um, and sometimes you get those student projects that end up turning to something incredible like yeah. that's kind of where portals yeah. uh, stem from that's where flow stem from the, yeah. the main sort of gameplay mechanic hook here is that you can change the seasons with the double tap of a button which is right. really cool um, and I, I've, I've seen I, I play a lot of platforming games that have experimented with stuff like this uh, and if you look at top down games like um, the or of ages yeah did a good job of that uh there was a game the mighty gianna sisters that tried this yeah. sort of like switch between good and evil worlds thing yeah. and uh, it's cool like, like melee did that yeah, yeah. so when it's you're like a Ruga thing right yeah. exactly so you double tap the button and so, mid jump it can basically turn into so that actually that changes later on as you as you go further you're doing it with the with the right stick mm. and it's not like like it's not like hold the button and then do it i think you can do it that way but it's straight up like if you unconsciously move the stick you'll change the seasons ah. and the, occasionally when the camera's moving I'm just like instinctively like trying to move it and then I'll accidentally like I'll be walking on Damn a it's on winter a, <laughs> be walking on a pond that's frozen because it's winter and suddenly I turn it to fall and my fox falls in the water and I'm just like I don't die. I just have to paddle the shore. I I really like watching that little fox move around. Fox is super cute. Um, You guys are looking for a box quote. There it is. uh, That fox is super cute. Um, But yeah, if you're uh, you're looking for, I don't know, just a relaxing game, like it's very very low stress um, and it's probably an easy platinum. So it is the uh, opposite of the surge. Yes, very much. Yeah, very much. I, I really love just digging around the PlayStation Store every week and finding cool little. Well, that's how you found what Latina yeah. Bananas or what was the game? Latina Bananas, Latina bananas. <laughs> and very VR, the elephant poop. Pee. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't think we have a review up. Um, I think it's been out on Steam for a while too. Yeah. But uh, yeah. This is uh, that's that's the sh- that's the that's the show. Mm-hmm. We did it all. That's the meat and potatoes. That's all of it. Uh, I'm dying to take this this stupid thing home and shoot those spiders on Mars and and play that uh, the Dick Dynasty game or whatever. <laughs> Dick Wild. Yeah, Dick Wild. We're definitely going to review Wild. that game. Dick Dynasty. Uh, I want <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to uh, a piece I went up this morning. Uh, Zach Ryan. Uh, that's a piece the right there. Mm. He's a nice piece. Oh God, what yeah. did he just do? He's Italian Google chef uh, kissing his fingers. No, uh, go on YouTube and look up the uh, secret origin of uh, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah, it's just incredible like seven minute piece about like where the housers came from what that studio was doing before grand theft auto what it was like in the development yeah. of that um it's this really cool awesome thing that like I, I know a ton about games and i learned stuff from it um he's done that before with dark souls with westworld uh it's just really awesome series so yeah, yeah. check that out good stuff uh also shout out to some friends of ours you may have heard of this uh alexa korea andrea renee christina steimer and Brittany bombacker are making a video podcast series is it korea it's korea korea i don't well, know you said christina it's christine <laughs> Is it is it Christine? Damn it! Okay, I wrote I wrote that like I wrote that like half awake. Anthony uh, Dandelbutts, Brittany, Brittany, <laughs> Jennifer Glomblar. Anyway, a brand new website. <laughs> Alex, yeah, what, whatever. They're, those those friends of ours are doing a thing. Uh, it's called What's Good Games, and it's uh, if you head to Patreon.com/slash What's Good Games, they're they're just making a new game game show yeah, yeah. And alexa and alexa and andrea and steimer have all had been on beyond at yep. some point in a live capacity or in an actual capacity yeah. um yeah um so yeah go show them some love they're um, aiming to answer the question what is good games <laughs> many of us have questioned that for years it was not good games this no, that's actually that is like that is like <laughs> bad games it's like the smartest just the smartest name for what a what thing. is good games yeah. somebody's in there like I would like to play good game. <laughs> and they go, to, I go to Google. What's good, good games? games? <laughs> what is good games? Yeah. What is good games? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have incredible SEO. A lot of idiots sing when, when they go into the Google box. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's the secret to kind of funny is that there's those people who maybe they're at work and they don't want to they don't want to laugh too hard. So that's they're true, like, you get, I need something that. that is only kind of funny. Because right. I'm being sneaky. And um, the secret to IGN is that people go to type in other words and accidentally come to our website. There you go. That's the secret. You can't spell those other words without IGN. Yeah. Oh, most of them. That's just my good friend, Ignacio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Um, of course, you can always head over to the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Podcast Beyond. Max, you're about to drop the hottest revelation of the year. So normally, we tell you that you can go to groups.com slash Podcast Beyond, and we joke around about how that's the Facebook page. Apparently, that's an actual website. Groups.com. Groups.com slash Podcast Beyond. If you go there, you just could find all the episodes of the podcast. How what did that happen? How? We've been I making that joke for there. like two years. Groups.com. We're like, why would anyone go to groups.com? It's, it's, it's like a redirect. It's probably yeah. full of Russian spyware. No, I don't if know. you want to watch episodes of this show and I think not give IGN money, go to groups.com slash podcast beyond. There are all the episodes of our show there. What? How did that happen? What sorcerer did this? Yeah. God. Hi, I'm looking for Amanda Hug and Kiss. Yeah, hold on. She's right here. Like, no, 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 no. I don't know. Like, anyway, um, as we mentioned before, uh, head over to youtube.com slash IGN Beyond or, you know, get the IGN app on your on your device of choice. Uh, seriously, check out the IGN mobile app. They did a bunch of stuff to make it work real it's, good. It's actually good. Yeah. yeah. Not that it like, wasn't actually. It was kind of whatever before. It's legitimately good. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's that. We're all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle, and Marty is McBigity with two McBigity with two G's and two T's. A bigot. I'm Morley. That's Bumber, and that's Angadar. And we're starting a brand new. What's What's the goodness? You can catch us all next week if you want to see your good friends Matt and Brandon and Martha. All All of us here at the uh, pod, podcast uh, beneath that beyond beneath. <laughs> Where are we going? That's the end of the show. It's oh, over. That's it. We finished. Yeah. We did it. Beneath. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.